What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about helping you and the church be better on the inside. My name is John Pyle. I am your host and digital pastor. Super thankful that y'all are here today. Now, my guest is Sharifa Stevens, and we have an amazing conversation. Like, I haven't had this much fun talking to somebody in quite some time. Sharifa is a theologian. Uh, she's a mom. She's a brilliant person. She is a wizard, a house Ravenclaw kind of wizard. And we, we you know, resolved that early in the podcast. But this is just a really fun conversation. Truly, we talk about a lot of great things. And she has a, a perspective that I would love everybody to hear. Uh, the podcast starts off a, l- a little funny, a little rough with some inside stuff going on. And so don't be alarmed. You weren't dropped right in the middle of it. This is actually the beginning. Um, It is a great episode of this show, one that I'm very proud of. If you want to join the conversation, you can join us at facebook.com slash group slash better on the inside. There'll be other ways to get connected, but hang around, listen to this episode. Truly good. Here we go! Here we go! Yes! Hello, Sharifa. Welcome to Better on the Inside. My Thank friend, you. We, we're two podcasts in. <laughs> Woo! And ready for a third. That's and it's right. uploading this time. That's Let's go. Right. Rick Riordan, you're not going to stop me. No, not today, Rick Riordan. Not today. <laughs> Thank you for embracing a black woman as, as a cast member for, for the Percy Jackson show. Yes, we love you, actually. Yes. Well, I, I didn't mean it. It was just a bit, Rick. It was just a bit. <laughs> and it will make no contextual sense to anyone else. And it's wonderful. We have our own inside joke. That's why it's called Better on the Inside. The jokes are better on the inside. Oh, boo-doo-boo-boo-doo-boo. Pow! <laughs> okay, so Sharifa is an online friend that we hadn't had a conversation until today, but man, we hit it off. Like. Yeah. I think we we got something cooking here, and it's good, and it's going super, super duper well. Super duper uh, well. Yeah, your friend Scott, uh, when I asked, so the whole way this came together, I asked like, hey, who should I have on my podcast? Scott was like, there's a wizard in our midst, Oh my! and her name is Sharifa. And he I'm didn't like, even say all that. He didn't well, even I'm say just, all that, but shout I'm out reen- to Scott. I'm reinterpreting. Um, <laughs> she's a wizard. And I'm like, oh, great. Let's get her on. And then we figured out you're not so much a Gandalf wizard. You're more of a Hogwarts wizard. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> That's right. House Ravenclaw represent. Hey. Yeah. And okay. So here's an interesting Harry Potter theory. And I, I have, I've only read one of the books and I've watched the movies. I can't believe you've only read one of the books. Don't say I, this in public again. Don't it's an amazing. It was an amazing book. I loved it. That's the thing. Was it I the loved first it. Book? It was the first book. Yeah. Okay. It would be weird to just pick one. And the, like, I know. I just, the, I'm not. Me and the Goblet anything. of Fire, just chilling. Uh, Yo, it was actually, that was a good book. That's that book is a good four. book. My, my wife and son just finished reading it not too long oh, ago. Oh, my goodness. My son. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, my boy. <laughs> I, I can't. Why are you uh, laughing after you say I'm that? Sorry. Because we cried over Cedric. It's the saddest. It is. I will cry anytime that that comes. Smile on your face. I will. No, no joke. When when the movie happens, I'll be sitting there, tears rolling down my face, and my kids will be like, "Dad, what's wrong? We've seen this fifteen times." And I'm like, "It's devastating." And when I heard them read it in the book, because I, you know, my wife was reading it to my son. Devastating. Devastating devastating so why'd you laugh then because honestly it went through my head that i was like doing a side bit of the saddest thing that happens maybe in the whole harry potter universe it's really sad i mean book six and seven are also sad i mean it just it's a sad downhill roller coaster from there but yes i okay harry potter theory (laughs) hermione should have been in ravenclaw what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I I feel very much a kinship with Hermione Granger. She's, like, so dependable. She mm. thinks ahead. She is incredibly bright, but she works really hard as well. Yes. And she's 
I mean, the only thing I don't understand is why she had any patience with Ron Weasley. But mm. other than that, um, she's just, I just feel like she's a very by the book kind of character, which puts her more in line with Ravenclaw than Gryffindor. Yes. Yes. Gryffindor, I also like that house. And, and you know, I think they're willing to be a little shady. Yeah, they're pragmatic. They'll cut yeah. corners yeah, because it's about pragmatic. the end result. And so the it, the way that I would describe it, right, is kind of like the any. So, are you an enneagram person? Yes, I am. Yeah. Oh yes, wow! Discovering that right now. Uh, uh, I, in real time, John. Yeah, in real time. Everybody's listening. It's amazing. <laughs> um. So the difference between threes and ones that I work with a lot of threes and ones is that threes are more pragmatic than ones. And so threes will do whatever it takes to get to the right end result. And ones yeah. have to go by the book. And so uh, like the best way that I could describe it is like accounting where it's like the Gryffindor, the Gryffindor house will be like, look, I know that I owe 14602. If you take these two receipts together, these aren't the actual receipts of what I bought. But if you take these receipts together, it's 14602, so it's fine. Yes. And yeah, and so I and then it's like a handwritten receipt by the guy that works at the store. Oh, it, like where it's just like, but it, it all adds up in the end, and it would give a Ravenclaw person a heart attack. Yes. The Ravenclaw person um, takes photos of their receipts right away so that they yeah. have just in case the hard copies go missing, they still have photographic evidence. Yeah. yeah. So and upload it right away so that the expense right. report is right. There will be no question as to mm. Ravenclaw accounting. Mm. Shout out to Ravenclaw accounting. Okay. Gryffindor accounting, I get it. So if we're going by that, you had asked, I told you that we'd get through, I, like when we were messaging about the show, I was like, okay, you got to tell me what you think at the end of what house I would be sorted into. Mm. And um, the accounting one certainly does not i do not fit the ravenclaw accounting i see because uh, mm. i i at work i probably have an embarrassing amount of receipts that are that are due may 1st um that i need to work but on today but you have them mm. okay mm. All right. so i don't i don't right. not have all of them all right um, but you're not like, so the difference is, you know, both Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, they're not trying to bilk. They're not trying to mm. steal. They're not trying yeah. to embezzle. Now, and Hufflepuff isn't either. We know this, this is Slytherin behavior. So yeah. Slytherins yes. will give you, you know, they'll inflate their expenses so they can yes. profit. Um, all right. So I'm hoping that that's not you. I'm, no. I'm on think. You know, even Gryffindor, they're trying to add it up to the right amount. They're exactly. Exactly. Get more than they're, they're owed. But, you and, still got to get so, it right. Okay. Yeah. So I do, I do have integrity. And so, <laughs> like, I do have integrity. Good. I'm relieved. Uh, I, it, uh, when I was doing, uh, I did seminary, at least partially online. And you know how they have all the rules for like, you can't look at this and you can't do that. And people would be like, no, are you really like taking those seriously? And I'm like, yes. Why? What's the point? Like, why would we, why would we not? Like, I, I don't understand why we wouldn't. Now like, that's that, very Ravenclaw of you. But that it's like, it's what you asked of me. What? And what's the, and then, then you get to the whole purpose of learning of like, why would I, ch that's cheating. Why would I cheat on a test if the whole point of the test is for me to learn the information? Right, right. Anyway, that's right. a whole other, maybe I'm selectively Ravenclaw. That's I don't what know. I was about to say. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe I'm a situational Ravenclaw because if the rules are ridiculous, then I'm not following them. Mm. I, you're a Ravenclaw agitator. That's what you are. Ooh, I like it. I like that. I like that. I, I will take that. I'm like the Angela Davis of Ravenclaw. Yes. I'll take it. Mm. I love that. Angela Davis of Ravenclaw. 
You have the name for it too. Sharifa Stevens. That's how a JK Rowling would write <laughs> as the Angela Davis of Ravenclaw. In walks. Her, her name game is real. It's real yeah. poor. It's it's suspect. It's Cho sus. Chang? Cho Chang? Yeah, no? Cho Chang. Come what on. Doing, girl? Like, come on. In walks Sharifa Stevens. She could never. She could never. No, she could never. You're right. No, it would be like, let me not. (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) no. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Her her name, man. If I'm you, not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. If going to you do it. if you pay Patreon ten dollars a month, we'll share with you what Sharifa was going to say. Would I mean, be the I name. have a specific name. I'm gonna write it down so I don't. <laughs> I can tell you after we finish recording. Seriously, if you pay enough money, we'll share that with you. <laughs> this is like the Carly Simon song "You're So Vain," where she auctioned off who it was about. It'll be like that, just on a slightly less grand version. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, amazing! So, Wizard Sharifa Stevens, I'm so glad that you're here with us. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna now. It's a thing. No. Now it's canon. It's no, canon. It's not. Oh, you are a tremendously like intelligent, bright, but also like soulful creative person as i've been digging into what you're what you've been writing and part of what's cool about folks like you sharif is that it's like you don't have like a pet thing you don't have you don't have a lane where you're just like i'm gonna talk about this and you're just gonna hammer it and over it's like you could speak about everything and that's part of what i loved when i was reading your writing and what what kind of things get you passionate and fired up Mm, uh, good question. I um, succinctly would say injustice. Injustice. Mm. Um, yeah. That gets me fired up and love gets me fired up. Those are the two. It's like the two biggest motivators for writing that I can think of. Yeah. Well, Okay. Well, and it reminds me of the Cornell West quote, right? That that justice is love acted out in public. Oh yes, and yes. I, it, it, that's a paraphrase. By the way, I yeah. get I quoted a black man on a show with a black uh, doing a podcast with a black woman, so I get extra black points for today. You get extra. Look, why you need black points? What you saving up for? Uh, <laughs> I'll write my answer to that. <laughs> To that down, and we'll share that after <laughs> after the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, well, no, but I do love your heart for for justice and love because those are, I think, from a theological standpoint, very closely related. Yes. And when when Paul is talking about loving your name, when Paul is talking about love, as as if you have all these spiritual gifts but you don't have love, then you've got nothing. And Jesus is talking about love your neighbor. There's a sense of justice to that because so much of it is about when it's uneven of the inequality is so not loving. And so have you always been like that? Like, were you a kid that in your formative school years, like could see injustice and would want to point it out? Or is this something that you developed as you kind of grew and mature in the world? Yeah, um, I think... I have I've been aware of right and wrong by virtue of having very zealous parents, parents who were um, zealous for me to know that God is God mm-hmm. and that we um, should love God and follow God. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as an only child, all of uh, the good and all of the wrongdoing was squarely on my plate. And so Mm. it was like, you know, there was, there, yeah, I was the only child in the house of my parents and also my grandmother lived with us. So, you know, I, I shout out to only children. I'm an only child too. Are you? Yeah. Maybe that's why we get along. We have like the only child bond. Maybe I, you know, I, I have noticed that people don't usually peg me for an only child. And I Me think either. That, yeah, I I think that's because we get a bad rap. I think mm. we get a bad rap, 
as well people as are like oh you're not selfish yeah like that's the they think only yeah. children are very self-centered and it's all about me only time i'm i'm selfish is when it comes to my plate of food mm. you cannot have unless i invite you so don't touch don't touch mama's food don't, don't touch her don't orzo touch plate stay don't away from her risotto that's yeah. it <laughs> That's don't it. touch my plate don't touch my that's it that's it john so you would if you ran for president with that as your slogan you they'd be like this is the only candidate that's ever got a hundred percent of the black woman vote <laughs> don't touch my plate don't touch my hair you could get elected with that that's yeah. amazing but that's yeah it's a, it's a simple manifesto but that those are the 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 places where i'm just very uh passionate about my economy yeah. but um yes to answer your question be and you know growing up as an only child you um are the recipient of so much love and care and also any discipline mm -hmm. <laughs> that mm -hmm. um comes uh you're like you're you're just caught so yeah i think my my le my early lessons of injustice were through the veins of uh, theology and also discipline um, sure. but also you know I'm black and I grew up in the Bronx and mm. it's it's really easy and clear to see um, disparities in yeah. um, resources in um, real estate in uh, food in transportation in education yeah. Um, all of these categories, it's, it's, it's really easy to see, um, that there, there are so many swaths of different kinds of people who work incredibly hard, who worked incredibly hard even to get here and continue to, um, survive in this country with a lot of hard work that doesn't necessarily, um, end up being an accurate indicator of what they ought to have earned yeah does that make sense yeah it doesn't match up like it you doesn't. see people going you're working so hard mm -hmm. and you still can't make the ends meet you still can't pay all your bills you still right. can't whatever and right. to see that it the exposure to that it, it doesn't take a, a degree or even being an adult to go that doesn't seem right there's something no. in in inherently wrong within our bones that I think we recognize some of that that kind of injustice. Yes. Of of yes. working and breaking your back and then struggling to pay bills. It's it, and you're one one bill away from mm. a domino effect of, of of financial ruin. Yeah. Um and you know we get to see this alongside what we're taught about the American dream and about mm how merit and hard work um, yield a bounty of liberty and material goods and happiness. And um, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't really add up. It doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that bad math is also the origin of my education about injustice. Mm. Also, just the interaction between law enforcement and um, people in my community uh, was a stark example of what is legal not being mm. the same as what is just. Ooh. So, um, yeah, my, my neighborhood is one of many that were negatively impacted by laws that that put people away for a long, long time. Right. That wouldn't put some of my peers away um, based on, you know, the differences, the chemical differences between crack cocaine versus powder cocaine. Mm. Or would would put people in my community away for possessing marijuana and would laugh it off for some of my peers who obviously possessed and enjoyed yeah. marijuana. 
Yeah. So be, my, my peers, because I ended up going to a school that was predominantly white for middle school mm. and high school. Yeah. And um, it was full of wealthy, wealthy people as well. And yeah. um, some, some were probably the most addicted uh, people who I met because yeah. they had the combination of access and protection. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, uh, maybe some freedom in there too, and that uh, a lack of supervision yes. uh, that is, that is often yeah. attributed to kind of the more working class kind of families yes. where it's just like, well, if your mom and your dad work, nobody's there with you versus a lot of these like super rich families where like they see their kids once a week. Still not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and but nobody there, talks about that. Yeah. But nobody talks about that discipline kind of issue of the lack of supervision, the means to purchase drugs, and the and then the lack of consequences from not just parents, but from the legal system. Exactly. And mm. you know, like there's there also is a larger issue with that because you know, I don't what I didn't want to see or maybe i did then but what i don't want to see now is for addicted people to be criminalized and right put away for for addiction but what what it does make me think about now as a mother is what what family should look like mm. what what family means on this side of the resurrection yeah. And basically, you know, everything comes back to the person of Jesus for me because I love Jesus so much. Like I'm such a fan of his. Um, and the way, the way he expanded the concept of family wow. is so um, radical. Yeah. And it makes room for the people in my community in the Bronx growing up and my peers who were in the high school that was, you know, it's a place of privilege. Mm. It makes room for, for both. And it, and it also expands um, responsibility for the children, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's not, it's not just a nuclear family. It's, it's, it's those who are more mature caring for the people who are less mature and honoring yes. and dignifying and just not just my own kids it's mm. you know it's our our kids our community yes. um, our act of worship being how we how we care for everybody yeah. in the community and it just it's i feel like it's it's not emphasized enough Right. What what family should be on this side of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to denigrate the nuclear family, but I also am looking I'm looking at Jesus. Yeah. And he don't have he don't have a wife and kids, right? Mm -hmm. And we we're still okay with him as far as I know. Like he's yeah. not less, less of a savior. And he's also the guy that said, Oh, who these are my mother and my brothers. Whoever right, does like, right. Who's my family? These are my mother and my brothers as he's pointing to the 72 or the hundreds that are following right. or whatever. And right. so he's literally expanding something. And when when you I mean you get you get this so well is the cultural context is family was everything. Yeah. But it was a limited sense of family. Yeah. Um in the sense of, you know, when you get married as a as a son, the oldest son, you get an extra share of the wealth and then you move into your father's house and expand it, you know, mm -hmm. and so that you go and get your bride. And so it's this very limited sense of family. And Jesus is it, like, who's my yes, family? if you are a son. That's right. If you're a son, if, if, if you're, you're a daughter, a uh, uh, it, right? it wasn't as good. Let's just say that it wasn't as good. You had limited options. Uh, limited, limited options. And and here comes Jesus, though. Here here he comes. And um, the he just keeps offering access to people who are supposed to be on the outside of yeah. all of that. He, yeah. he's like, he's hanging on the cross, making sure his mother is taken care of mm. the, this, 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 I, how can you not love him? 
He's like yeah. calling the woman who had a hemorrhage daughter, daughter, yeah. daughter. Mm. How many people did Jesus call daughter? Right. Mm. So here he just keeps expanding access. And I keep, I have to keep that in view because um, I don't, I don't tend towards that. I tend yeah. towards, you know what? You stay out. This yeah. is what I tend towards. Um, yeah. Oh, you, you said this about, okay, you stay out. So, mm. um, it's very radical. The kind of response to injustice that Jesus has, yeah. it is, it is not hatred or retribution. And those are my preferred tools. <laughs> mm. I mean, who among us, who among us doesn't love a little vengeance? Man, uh, a little vengeance, a little yeah. retribution, a little schadenfreude. Like, That's right. That. Yeah, Delicious. that feels good. Sprinkle Delicious. it on my eggs. Yes. Right? Okay. So, but here comes Jesus and he's just like, well... Yeah. What what if we do you love me, Peter? Yeah. Feed my sheep. Do you love mm. me, Peter? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed like what yeah. what is this res restorative kindness? Yeah. Forgive them. Like it's just so hard to do what Jesus does. And it's still controversial. It's still scandalous. It still doesn't make sense. You just did something so brilliant that I'm like, I don't know if you write books, but this would be a really good book. The, the idea of of family as a means of justice, mm. expanded family as a means of justice, because I think there's so much, and we, we got into the conversation just a little bit, when there are kids or young people or people that get in trouble with the law, right? When we think of crimes and we think of that, it's so often a line is drawn to their childhood or their family or how yeah. they were raised or whatever yeah. that looks like. And the idea that you're talking about of Jesus as expanding the definition of family, right? You're in the family of God. And we use, we use some of that language, but we use it selectively yeah. as, as a, as applied to justice, the idea of, loving out loud and in public yeah. this these things are just I, it was brilliant the way you kind of connected those so i just wanted to call that out and be like yo that's that's incredible well thank you i don't i don't think it's it's original to me but i think you know i've been doing some reading and um we're we're we just finished reading through the book of john Mm. Um, and so that's heavy on my mind. And at the same time, you know, I was reading things like what happened to you and, um, Viola Davis's memoir, finding yeah. and all of those books together just point to, uh, transformation in community mm. and how, um, so in What Happened to You, one of the most intriguing parts of the book for me was this, uh, the co-author, I forget his name, I'm sorry, but he was examining um, different communities and um, indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. And he said that more than just talk therapy, it was the community's willingness and ability to take on the the person who was experiencing trauma um to support them intentionally wow. that made a therapeutic difference in the long run and wow. he is he is um he's putting forth that this is the key to healing is mm. the communal um, relationship and being a place, all of us becoming a place um, that supports the person. So not just wow. talk therapy and not even just other interventional drugs, which look, we love them. 
I'm I'm for medication. Yes. <laughs> but the community is the difference. And you know, that's that's the message of Christ is yeah. is so plural. And our our language is inefficient in mm. communicating this as we read the Bible when yeah. we're looking at all of those yous and interpreting them individually instead of as the y'alls that they are. It's y'all. Yep. It's y'all. Yep. Um, and so it, it's not it's not revolutionary. It's it, it is what our faith says, mm. and it's also how so many of our ancestors got over it's yes. how we made it um is through that communal support uh i really you know as a person who's experienced trauma yeah. i want i want healing and mm -hmm. there the, the the word of god is saying and science is amening that it happens not in a vacuum and not yes. by ourselves. It happens in community. Yeah. And I, ooh, that is so good and so necessary because I think it's a different kind of family values. I think so much of how families are talked about is in the traditional nuclear sense. And it's, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just that there's a narrowing definition. Right, that narrows limited. the definition. Yes, limited, perfect. It's a limited idea of who can be a family and who's not. And then we're going to deny families that look different from this kind of whatever. Um, and in so many ways, the the idea of found family is a is a Jesus idea. Yes, found family is a, a Jesus thing. I'm going blood. What's blood? Yeah. Like, and he loved his mom and obviously he cared for his siblings. And yeah. I mean, his brother eventually believed in him, which is, that is a story that somebody needs to write. Because right? That's incredible. That seems like a journey. Yeah. James look, he seems very spicy. Yeah. Oh, I dude, And I would be spicy too. If my <laughs> older brother was the Messiah, like you talk about going to school and being like, well, Jesus did. It's like, I get it, man. I'm not Jesus. He's my half brother. Okay. He's not where I full brothers. It's my step bro. Um, the book of John, by the way, very interesting side note. My theory is that John was the youngest apostle. Um, and I think that's part of why he's the one that Jesus loved. He's like the littlest brother. That he's kind of doing that, and I, I think that's. I also it also would explain why he'd be like, "Hey, look after my mom," right? Like the one that's gonna be there, the one that you've cared for as the littlest brother. It's like, hey, now it's time for you not to just be little brother. It's time for you to grow up and look after my mom. That's sweet. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my kids about that because we we were like, okay, so why is John so braggy in this yeah. book it's yeah like, i'm the disciple of jesus loves yeah. i can run faster than and i'm peter. faster than peter yep <laughs> totally Just... i'm like petty why yeah. is he so petty and why is god so funny that god was like yes this is it. this is going this is going well in. well and what i'll say is again going to to John being the little brother and Peter being the big brother, because Peter was older than the rest of the guys, I think. Um, it's like if a little so now that I have two kids, if the if my younger son beats my older son in anything, I'm not gonna hear the end of it. And so John beating Peter in a foot race is like my old brother was out there trying to run and I beat him to the savior. Yeah. You couldn't even beat me to the savior and it's recorded for all time. Yes. I saw the empty grave and I believe. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Yeah. John, love. I love petty John. That's so good. <laughs> uh, okay. The, you have so many good ideas. So many ideas of family. We do have to wrap. Unfortunately, I have Ooh. to have you back for part two. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll schedule a part two today i'm going to resend you the link and we'll reschedule it okay of of all people though that should have their own podcast you 
Why would you not have your own podcast? That's a whole other conversation. Okay, so I mean, we don't have to record this part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoy being a guest. Yeah. <laughs> being a being a guest is more fun than doing your own it's podcast. So that is true. That is true. <laughs> I having been a guest on someone else's podcast, I can I can I can echo that. Yes. Why right. not stop this joy? Sharifa, you're entering the non-judgment zone of joy. What music have you been listening to? What are your musical influences that you're that you're feeling right now? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question because I I'm honestly still emotional about this. So Harry Belafonte mm. died recently at the ripe old age of 96. Praise God, he lived a yeah. full beautiful life. Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Well, you know, obviously he's a phenomenal person, a wonderful Mm -hmm. actor, an immigrant, just like my family and my husband's family um, from the Caribbean, like my family, and also um, just a gifted musician and a supporter of the right thing. Like, Mm. he's just, he was always, you know how the Bible talks about people who knew how to discern the times he was always on the right side, right? He was, he was the one with a purse of yes. tens of thousands of dollars to bail out civil rights leaders. He was yep. there. Um, and he like continued to be that guy. Yeah. So, um, rest in power to him. I was, I was just blasting his music and his music is so ubiquitous that my Jamaican, American mother and my Canadian Australian um, ancestry husband both jammed to the same song. Yeah, and I just think that art is transcendent that way. He's so I'm, amazing. Yes, so I'm just listening to him and De La Soul. Yeah, well, <laughs> De La Soul I- is streaming and has been streaming for the last almost two months, and so I'm like. And True Goy the Dove, he passed away mm, from De La yeah. Soul like a few weeks before they were able to stream. To stream, and yeah. I love how unique and eclectic and strange their sound was, like, or is. Yeah. Um, they're just innovative and their sound is like the soundtrack to my my young adult and my teenage life i just adore them so those that's where i am yeah love it somehow those two go together i don't know how harry belafonte and de la soul go together but somehow they do i i I think there's something about the originality of both and that you can't point to a peer group of either Mm. Um, in in that you can't go oh harry belafonte and or a tribe called quest and like it's like they're just, I mean, they're, they are native tongues. They're, they're yeah. The crew, there you could you could put tribe and De La in in the same kind of like yeah. yummy, um, incredible sample. That's true. Sparkling rhetoric, like you can, Harry. I just I think they're both percussive. I think that there's definitely a diasporic aspect mm. to both genres of music. Yeah. So. Yes, they are absolutely related. They absolutely live by the beat, mm. um, both of them. But they're also telling stories, you know, like, yeah. and sometimes the stories are for fun and sometimes they're a lament. It's just, they do have a lot in common, John. You're right. Yeah. Um, That's an essay for you right there. I mean. I love that I'm giving you work. Like, I, I You love that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's great. That's not very nice. That's not very nice of me. I'm the host. I need to treat my guests better. I know. I'm like, here. I mean, they're good ideas, though. So that's where I am musically. What about you? Um, I have been heavy into my kids have been really into Christian rap right now. And so uh, Lecrae is is one. Yeah, uh, Andy Minio, who are some of the other guys? Yes. Um, 
oh shoot i'm embarrassing them now because oh, of no, one, no. 1k few um one day yeah uh one day is great um shoot i can look at the playlist i'll it's i'll look okay. at the playlist you're, yeah. you're used to asking the questions not answering yeah. them so i know it's a so i've been i've been doing that a friend went to a lecrae concert that was here that i didn't get to go to uh, with the kids and elevation rhythm was there i haven't heard it's of them. Ele- it's elevations like young worship kind of thing so my cynical side is like they saw maverick city and they were like okay we're gonna do our version wow. um, that's the cynical sorry that's the cynical side of me <laughs> but it is it is certainly many people of color involved in elevation rhythm Yay. and so you get like a traditional kind of like mega church worship experience but you also get some like you can hear the organ and some of the other things in in what they're doing okay the the last one is that i've really been into the arcade fire uh album uh neon bible and i decided that even even though that album was made in like 2014 it's an album about deconstruction okay Um, like it's fascinating deconstruction's been here it, well, that's true. It's it's an it's eternal concept. Un, it was unbranded. Now yeah. everything has to be branded as it's so such, true. But... It was a dark night of the soul. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now it's different. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to create a theme song. It's going to be interesting because I'm going back and forth between Harry Belafonte and A Tribe Called Quest. You mean and- De La Soul, though. Oh, you said De La Soul. Did I say A Tribe Called yeah, Quest? You did. Oh, May, no. You, you feeling A Tribe Called Quest because you mentioned them previously too. Why did I Why did I mention A Tribe Called because Quest? Because they're part of the Native Tones. Okay, series. how do I get those two confused? Because they uh, roll together. That's De La Soul is six feet high and rising, right? Uh-huh. Okay. That's right. Three. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Three feet. Okay. And uh, A Tribe Called Quest is I Left My Wallet in El Segundo. Yes. Okay. How do I get those confused? That's any black point that I had earlier just got. Oh taken my away. goodness! Oh um, my goodness! The, <laughs> it's not like you then, said vanilla ice. Oh no! I thought that was vanilla ice. Oh no! <laughs> you good? Vanilla ice. I love you, vanilla ice. Um, <laughs> Harry Belafonte, like he's such a. By the way, I'm sure he was even handsome at 95. Like, oh my let's goodness. not let's not man. underrate that he's incredibly good looking. Yes. yes. And if we're going to, okay, this is going to take <laughs> us off topic for a second, but let's okay. be honest for a second. Should I be scared? Be, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to say something cancelable. Being attractive <laughs> really helps bring all the races together. <laughs> you know, like, no, it doesn't. Yes, no, it, it does. Doesn't. Oh my uh, like, goodness! We would have ended all of everything if that were true. Well, what I mean is, if you're ah. adding in the whole package, and so like Harry Belafonte is like he's leading, this, he's having meetings in his house with the Black That's Panthers right. and Martin Luther King Jr. He's flying with bags of money and all that, and the fact that every woman was like, "Yeah, that's a good looking man." That did I mean, not hurt the cause. That did not hurt the cause. I mean. I, mm, yeah, I, I can't co-sign. Okay. But I can say that he was a beautiful man. Yes. Yeah. I We're feel great. like there are beautiful people of all, of all colors, but that has not stopped racism. You know, it, even, no. even people having children. That's true. It just, you know, th- that's that's a comment for it's just for another day but i'm just like man if you could father children Mm. and still keep them in enslaved then you know it's not proximity or attraction that's gonna cure this gosh that's a great point that's a really great point maybe i was just hoping yeah you know you just you just hope and you see i don't know it's a great intimacy and proximity and yeah. violence that I just don't, I don't think that's it. But I will say Harry Belafonte was a beautiful man. Yes. That is a great point. I hadn't thought about the like, 
you know, fathering children and then being like, you're my slave. Like what? Like, that's crazy. That's really sick. Mm. Yeah, that's a downer. Yeah, that's that's um, a calloused soul right there. Yeah. As we head into the non-judgment zone of joy. I'm so sorry. And you can see how your face is. (laughs) So let's let's bring it back. It's okay. Um, we can remember that Harry Belafonte was very handsome and that yeah. attractiveness isn't going to end racism. Absolutely because, not. Because you're right. You just look across at all these attractive people and you go, if if there was going to be a person to do it, that would have been the person to do it. <laughs> and Harry Belafonte is one of those people that the walls would have just come tumbling down and people would have been like, you know what? You're right. We believe. We, you're right. We shall overcome. And everybody's... Holding hands and yes. just like, nope. there's no more white moderates, no letter from the Birmingham jail. Just right. everybody, everybody was all together. 95 too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's given the eulogy and he's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to do a Martin Luther King Jr. impression. Yeah, I was about, I was about <laughs> to slide. I was about to slide into it. But you can do it for your Patreon. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear Martin Luther King Jr. giving Harry Belafonte a hard time in his eulogy at age 95, because I'm sure Martin teased him about being handsome. Like, I'm 100% oh, I'm sure. Because sure. dudes sure. are going to, bros are going to bro, right? Yeah. Like, and the picture of them laughing together and smiling yeah. together is a beautiful yeah. picture because they're like these important men doing civil rights things. And then they're also just like, I'm sure giving each other crap about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There were jokes. Yes. Okay. Non-judgment zone of joy. We got it back. Uh, I'll use the popular Harry Belafonte song, the banana boat song. That's like the most popular one. And so it's like joy. We say joy. Oh, into the non-judgment zone of joy. Joy. We said joy, we said joy, we said joy, we non-judgment zone. All right, there we go. We're in the non-judgment zone of joy. Sharifa, what's bringing you joy right now? Um, This moment. <laughs> it's bringing me joy. <laughs> I love the whimsy. Um, What else is bringing me joy right now? So... Um, I've come to some realizations in the last oh. couple weeks of, of what brings me joy. We, we went on a family vacation to a spot that I've always wanted to go to. Mm. And so it's like, well, the, the name of the country is Belize and it's mm. like a short direct flight from us. And so, mm. uh, which I'm very into direct flights. Mm these children so and i have discovered that i am a person who responds better to the world when i am near the equator Mm. when the sunrise and sunset are very um regulated and uh so i can count on the sun being up by 5 45 a.m and going down by like 6 6 30 yeah and being in a warm place near the ocean mm. and just being in having ocean access and being in the water and on the water i feel like my life would be completely different if that was my every day mm. and i think there's something about those things that bring me a deep sense of joy and um and also peace yeah I'm getting peace just hearing you talk about it. I'm like, "Mm, I can feel the sun. Yes. It's when you're Mm. feeling it, imagine that it is warm, but not harsh because there's a constant sea breeze, constant that bathes you in coolness rather than, you know, the, yeah, you know, the drier kind of Texas. Yep. The not Texas. No, sir. But like a cool sea breeze that's persistent. And then when you go to eat, there's all of this fish. I love fish. Ooh, yes. Um, and all of this locally grown fruit. Mm. So your your diet's simple 
and wholesome. Yeah. And the water is there and salt water is, I don't know, it's curative. Mm. It's, it's mesmerizing. You know, yeah. It's calming. It's vast and a noble. Yes. Like there you go. Things. The so, mystery, the melody. I love it. Yes. So that I think that's that's true of everyone in my family. So it's 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 nice to watch us respond to nature, which you know, I think we spend a lot of time manipulating nature um in our everyday life. So Ooh. yeah, I mean it's all of us. This is yeah. this is the up and down of technology. Wow. So to be closer to natural rhythms has such a beautiful, calming, focusing effect on all of us. And yeah. it brings a lot of joy to me to experience it and to experience it with my family. You just brought me joy and you brought everybody else joy. Thank you so. so. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. If you want to check Sharifa out, you can go to her link tree, which is linktr.ee slash Sharifa writes. So linktree slash Sharifa writes. If you search that, you can find her and all of her stuff is on there. She's got a great Substack newsletter that you should absolutely subscribe, subscribe to substack.com. Thank you. Awesome. Good stuff. Oh, is uh i'm making sure sharifa h stevens dot substack.com or does sharifa have an h oh my goodness no sharifa does not have an h do i know my own substack url i'm looking at it right now and it is sharifa h stevens dot substack thank you for being Uh, precise yeah well you know me ravenclaw till the casket drops here we go Uh, lovely. All right. Check out what Sharifa does. Sharifa, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. This was amazing. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) That was so much fun talking to Sharifa. And if you want to know the name of her Harry Potter character, uh, pay us at least $10. Join the, I'll start a Patreon and join it. I think you can actually donate through uh, Spotify now. So donate and we'll uh, we'll share the name with you of what J.K. Rowling would name uh, another black character in Harry Potter. Uh, the Angela Davis of House Ravenclaw, as it were. Man, no, but seriously, Sharif and I, I, not only did I enjoy it, I think it was an incredibly insightful conversation about things like injustice and love and and living the love that Jesus talked to us out of. Just a great theological conversation. Uh, I'll share links to Sharifa stuff. She's, I don't know, she's got some really cool stuff. And I would suggest you subscribe to her Substack. That's a really good place to get to know her and what she does. Um, subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, share with your friends. We love all those things. Man, thank you guys for tuning in, listening, wherever, whenever, however you might be doing that. I love you, and I'm really thankful for you. And please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm And I'm dead serious about that. Don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to chat with you, help you, you know, whatever it means to be a digital pastor. Uh, I truly mean it. You can email me at john at betteronthenside.com. That's john, J-O-N, at betteronthenside.com. Otherwise, I'll see y'all soon. Take care. Love y'all. <laughs>